and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert. It's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual. So here's your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And I'm looking at you, Alex. Yay! We're in the same room. We're We're a foot apart. It's great. I love being so near you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're hanging at the... uh, Wonderful library in downtown Vancouver. I found myself by chance up here in town anyway, so we decided to just get together, and it's so nice. It's so nice. We're in a special room. We're going to post pictures of the room we're in. It's like an actual conference room with, like, tables. Way more space than we need. (laughs) Oh, yeah, way more space than the the traditional closet that we have been known to record in. Actually, I've started recording under my desk in my bedroom, so... (laughs) See, my bedroom has enough junk in it that there's no echo, so I can record from my bed, but I've also been recording from upstairs on a little desk, because that's nice, too. Yeah, yeah, the reason, I like, my room is pretty full, but, like, down under my, it's, like, right beside my bed, and, like, between the wall, and my, and so it's, like, a nice little, <laughs> it doesn't, it's not quite as uncomfortable as it sounds, <laughs> but what's new to you, Alex? Um, if you follow me on social media, you know I'm going through like a little roller coaster, but yes. I don't want to really talk about it because I don't know, today's been been good. So. Yeah, we don't need to dwell on that right yeah. now. So we'll talk about the noise that my computer's going to make when it when it turns dies. on yeah, yeah. <laughs> in like a minute or two. Yeah, so listen for that <laughs> listen at for home. That. Um, <laughs> but also, um, I've been doing writing as usual, yes. um, which is good to, that it's usual and it's exciting and... A new book, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping it gets accepted soon. <laughs> I hope so too, because I love it. Oh my goodness, it's so I'm so excited about it. Me too, me too. It's just I'm yeah, it's got it's so good. Somebody's definitely gonna want it because it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to? Uh, I went out and I saw Annihilation. <gasps> So I know that you were like on the fence and you were worried. really curious. You were okay. So basically, we were hanging out having coffee earlier. So we were already a bit warmed up in the conversation. <laughs> We've uh, already talked about eight different movies. <laughs> yes. So I held off on this one. So based on our conversation, I I have a feeling it would upset you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it was very good. It was okay. honestly one of the best movies I've seen like in a really long time. I know that there was somebody you were talking to on Twitter or something that said it wasn't very good. I think probably people are just really mixed about it just because it's so... It's, I mean, it's... So much going on. I understand that it's not for everyone, honestly, because the what was really amazing to me about it is how sort of existentially terrifying it is. See, I like the idea of that. I cannot handle actually experiencing that. It was, it was <laughs> like... I don't want to tell you anything yeah. about it unless you're like, I'm I'll, definitely not going to see it. I mean, I would love, I'll probably end up watching like, um, what's that um, YouTube show? It's not bad, not trailer, the trailer's one, it's um, Everything Wrong With. Oh. I'll probably end up watching one of those because it like breaks it down where you don't have to actually like intake it. Yeah, I mean, I will say that will just kill the movie. I but. know, but like, <laughs> I, I just know myself, like everybody... Akira is like one of the most acclaimed movies of all time, and like I could not handle. Like I sat oh, there and this is, it and I was like wrecked. Okay, because like the body horror and stuff, like the sort of grossness of it, I would say is honestly yes. it's on par with like Hannibal. Okay, so that's not too bad. But existentially, 
See, that I, don't, that I don't even have an example for, and I know it's gonna freak me. I mean, so. like, I would say it's <laughs> like if uh, Interstellar was made by John Carpenter. Okay. That's what we're talking here. Well, then maybe I don't know. I don't we'll know. See. Like, it's but it's like the best sci-fi horror movie I think that has been made since Alien. Okay. It's. And it's because awesome, it's all female driven, yeah. and it's so good, and it's so, it's I'm like I I I had to start reading the book that it's based on, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, like the night that I saw the movie because I was just still reeling from it. it. Very different, honestly. It's very very different. Like it's it's equally good, mm-hmm. but it's it's a pretty separate thing. Yeah, I just existential anything anything <sighs> where it starts to talk about like. The size uh, of the universe and like our place in it that gets a little it's, horrifying. It's for like me. well, okay, because so you don't think you're gonna be able to watch it? I mean, I might watch it one day um, until I like if if I can find it streaming, then I'll just probably watch it until I can't watch it anymore. Okay, yeah. If you want to ruin it, I don't mind. You don't mind, okay? Because I just, I just, I just. Oh, I mean, basically, <laughs> what it's what the, the sort of existential horror of it is is that. Um, so the you know the sort of the shimmer far, or as far as you can know from the trailer yeah it's like this area that there's this strange phenomenon happening there um it's been impacted by some sort of extraterrestrial object mm-hmm. and it's been growing outward from that point the lead character is um a basically a cancer doctor mm-hmm. And so it's sort of the comparison to what is happening in the shimmer is it's compared to cancer in that it's not actually, it's not a disease per se. It's not killing anything. It just keeps growing and changing and mutating. And everything is sort of, it's like sharing and trading Mm -hmm. DNA and like, so everything's sort of combining and mixing. It's like a kaleidoscope of life and it's... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> this scene this scene it's one of the most dreadfully scary things i've ever seen in my <laughs> life and i loved every moment of it uh they get attacked by this creature which seems to be some sort of bear you don't see it very well but one of the members of the party gets dragged off by it and killed off screen later this oh, no. bear comes back but it has somehow through this process fused with this woman oh, in some way you would just hear it at first, and it sounds like this woman's voice screaming, help me, oh help me. But that is just the bear's yeah. voice. Oh, God. And it's her voice screaming <laughs> through this bear. And so, like, one of them, like, runs off. It's like, it's her, it's her, we have to help her. She's still oh, alive. And then this bear is here, and his face is like a skull. It's yeah. so bad. And it's the most horrific like this scene with this bear coming after getting them it's like it was the most intense terrifying thing i've ever seen after the scene got over my brother and i just turned to each other with like mouths agape (laughs) just like what the fuck was that like it was it blew my mind and then like and that's to say nothing of the ending like i will say every sort of frightening moment in this film just steps it up from the last it builds and builds and builds so expertly this movie is incredible and i get why people wouldn't it wouldn't click for some but i think it was revelatory for me like it's a defining addition to the science fiction genre it's so good so that's that's what's been on my mind (laughs) it's really incredible and and uh, Natalie Portman knocks it out of the park. She's very, very good. Good to know. Good to know. 
yeah, it was, it was whew, a lot. Like I was mulling for days. Oh yeah, see. <laughs> but it's really It sounds really interesting and really good, but the mulling for days part is where I, I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's really very frightening. Like I thought, honestly, for my money, it was scarier than it. Oh wow. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's another Blu-ray I need to buy. They just keep making movies. Just real good ones lately. I know. And they keep making books and they keep making it all. I feel like it's been a good time for movies lately. A lot yeah. of good stuff coming out. They've been doing oh, good yeah. work. Especially because like a few years ago, I feel like there was just a lot of garbage coming out. There's a lot of the same. Kind of. A lot of the same. Yeah, there's a lot fresher. They're really taking it. And honestly, I think it's because of Marvel sort of handing off certain projects to... Um, lesser-known directors, I think it maybe even started with Avengers, given to Joss Whedon, taking mm-hmm. a chance on him, and he blew it up. Mm-hmm. And so then people are like, oh, maybe we do need to get fresh creative people in making big, important things, yeah. and they're mm-hmm. given way more room to do that than I think they had been in the system that was going on at the time. Well, and then based on what has happened this year alone, it's only going to you know, mm-hmm. go from there with... Black Panther and with uh, Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then just, you know, the end of last year with Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And <sighs> I literally want Taika Waititi to direct everything. Everything. And be in everything. Yeah. And I just want to watch the behind the scenes. Apparently there's a really good moment in the director's commentary where um, – Thor and Hulk are in their in the arena, and Taika's daughter walks in during the recording of the. <laughs> so apparently, you know, look out for that. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> that's adorable. Oh boy. I haven't listened to that yet, but I, I want to. And I'm also really excited to see the deleted scenes for Star Wars. Yeah, that's got to be interesting. That's another DVD I need to buy. Oh, Blu-ray. I like. I'm still calling them DVDs, well, but I don't want to. My, my goal is always to get the Blu-ray DVD combo, just in case I need to loan something out, or just in case my whole life gets downgraded somehow. <laughs> you lose everything. Yeah. I, ideally, I'd need like a 4K Blu-ray DVD VHS cassette combo pack. Sure, everything. Uh, laser disc. <laughs> laser disc. Of oh. course. <laughs> the only laser disc movie I've ever watched was Twister, and I think that's the only movie you may ever need to see on laser disc. I mean, if you need to at all. Actually, I had. Do you remember? I don't know if you ever knew Jim Lortz at Western. Mm-mm. He was um, he was a theater professor, no. really wonderful dude. Um, but he um, oh, there goes my phone. I should silence it. Uh, he is just a wonderful, funny old man, and he is just huge into laser discs. And I don't know why. Like he was like it's his favorite technology is laser discs. And he like collects. Well, like I think part of it's their size is what makes they're them, so like, funky. They're like. I don't know. It's like this strange artifact, and it was only around for a couple of years. So I think that was like I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was this weird sort of liminal, like a, a, a liminal media. There, yeah. mm-hmm. it was weird. A weird moment in Betamax too. Yeah. Just sort of like this weird <laughs> sort of, and I guess HD DVD as well. Oh, just well. these failed media formats. HD DVD was literally the same thing as Blu-ray, just with a different name. And well, but and well. and they just and they're not compatible, so it's like yeah. no nope, HD DVD died. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it's because of Sony. Sony was like, let's make PlayStation 3's Blu-ray players, and that did, well, that in porn. Yeah. Apparently, the porn industry favored right. Blu-ray, mm-hmm. <laughs> like well, for real. <laughs> like the name doesn't make as much sense, but it's easier to say. Yeah, it's less of a mouthful. Yeah. 
yeah, a little bit snappier. But, and it's like HD DVD. It's like this it's is already so many an acronym. Like, we don't need to make it an extra acronym. Yeah, it's not fun to say. And, like the only reason an acronym should that be that long is if you can actually pronounce it, like scuba or laser. Or sure. Yeah, it's just a lot. So you sorry, HD DVD. Yeah, you didn't. You, <laughs> you, you, you didn't. Have, you lost the vowel game. You shat the bed on that one. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of. Blu-rays and things that have just come out. Yes. Today, we're talking about Coco. I really need, like, a sound effect. Yeah. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, yeah, we need, like, a soundboard thing <laughs> to, like... You know, Justin McElroy got one of those, and he used it for one episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and didn't ever again, and I wish he would bring that back, because I thought that was a very fun addition to the show. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. So, apparently, like, nobody saw Coco in the theater. I know... Like as an like overall audience because I know like everybody I know on Twitter was like seeing it and loving it. Really? Yeah. At the time, because okay, I feel like maybe the, not at the time, but across like since it came out to like seeing it at um, three dollar theaters and because like, okay. yeah, just the marketing was kind of bad for Coco. Like I saw nothing. I think part of it is the age range that it's not necessarily targeted for, but like I think that would get the most out of it is a little older than Pixar's normal sort of range. Mm-hmm. And then also it doesn't look as much like a Pixar movie. It looks a little bit more like a Dream- DreamWorks or a Disney animation rather than a Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair. But since they're such the same entity almost at this point. I just I just saw so few trailers. Like I didn't yeah. see any marketing on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> like it's weird. Like normally I will come across I mean, you that see the stuff. Cars 3 trailer for like, Oh my god, the Cars 3 trailer. How many times do I need to see Lightning McQueen die? Like, how many times do I, does that need to happen to and me? And then a movie about death and we don't even get to see a trailer. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just I thought the marketing was very, very strange. And I think that's a big reason why so many people missed it yeah. when it was first in theaters. Like, And now that the Blu-ray's out, I'm seeing a lot more people yeah. talking about seeing it. I'm like, where were you? <laughs> Welcome to the party. Because yeah. Coco is... No doubt my new favorite Pixar film. Well, I think one of the things that makes it more than just... Because a lot of Pixar movies are so excellent. But I think they do a lot of like front and back loading of the film. Where it's like all the emotion is in the first five minutes. And then it's like fun. Whereas this one was like a little more well paced. You know? I do know. (laughs) Like, because yeah, I want to talk... Because yeah, after it came out, you know, the conversation invariably with like Pixar with Marvel it's you see a new one and you're like okay where does this rank like where do you put this in your personal ranking what is your personal Mm -hmm. ranking this one shot to the top of my list immediately uh and I I think a big part of that is how good the script is I think it's just really well paced really well structured really well written but it still has that really good strong heart to it Mm -hmm. um and, you know, and that's another reason why Black Panther really is up there on the list of Marvel movies is because I just think it's a good script. Yeah. Like, it's mm-hmm. just solid in a way that a lot of Marvel movies fail. Yeah. And I feel like Pixar is usually so idea-heavy. Not, like, the ideas of the movies, but, like, let's make a floating house. It's Yeah, it's all very <laughs> high concept. But this Whereas is pretty this high one, concept, too, though. It is, but it's, like, it's but it, it's, it's, it's not well so unfamiliar that they have to really bring this in. You know? Uh-huh. Well integrated. Most people know about Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. At least peripherally, sort of cultural osmosis. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, Mexican Halloween? I don't... Yeah. yeah. But... And, I, I mean, like, and they chose a really nice sort of, like... I don't know if it's a theme, but like a visual cue with the marigolds. Oh, the marigolds! It's so, God, Which this was, movie's beautiful. That was just a detail about the the 
the celebration that I didn't know, and then they chose to like amplify it. Mm-hmm. And, it and it's such a great tool. Like yeah. it just worked really, really well for its function in the film mm-hmm. with it, you know, it's, because it's like, yeah, that's what they're for is they're sort of a, a beacon. Yeah. They're, they're a guide. And so it's like, yeah, just use the marigolds to go. And it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Okay. I can say, so Will brought the Blu-ray home for me, um, like I guess last week or something. I don't remember exactly when it was, but because he knew that I needed to have it. <laughs> and so I sat down and I watched it with my dad because he hadn't watched it before. I cried like the whole movie. Like first time I saw it in the theaters, like I definitely got weepy. I cried a couple times, yeah. but like seeing it again... Well, because you know when things are going to happen, so you're, and like, you're just, just like, and I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about, it. I've been listening to the soundtrack yeah. so much, like I just cried the whole time. I can't get over uh-huh. this film. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you have a favorite song? Oh, I should have re-listened to the songs. There was one I remember. I think it was... so. All the songs are "Remember Me." There's the few different versions yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. There's. Um, I mean, I guess, I don't know if it, it's on the soundtrack, but I don't know if it counts as a song when um, Miguel is playing along to his videotape, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which is a very sweet moment until it's retroactively really dark. Oh, I think my favorite was when they're at the talent show. Poco Loco. That's that definitely up there for me. Because <laughs> that's the first time you hear um, Miguel Miguel's voice. Perform- yeah. Not just his, like, instrument, Not just playing. his voice. You're like, oh. And he's yeah. so cute. And they're so good. Well, and uh, I love it so much because, like, you know, things... You get a new perspective on it when you watch it a second yeah. time. You know, you go back knowing that Hector is his real great great grandfather, mm-hmm. and so um, like when he's like hyping him up, and he's like, "You can do this. I believe in you." Like, yeah. and he's so support. Like, he's really in a difficult place because he's like, "This seems like a really bad idea." Like, I this is putting into jeopardy what we both want, but it's important to you, so I'm going to support you on it. And he's so proud of him, and he's so good in it. Oh. I I will say the the one thing that, and it might just be because, you know, I know movies enough, I I felt like the twist was a little expected. Sure, and it's like, it's a children's movie. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) But, I mean... I was fine with it. Like, yeah, I mean, because it holds up, it works, yeah. and it's still emotionally impactful when they figure it out themselves, yeah. mm-hmm. regardless of if you figured it yeah. out yourself or yeah. not. Because it's not just like a lot of times a reveal like that, like it'll become clear to the audience, but either take forever for the characters to figure it out, and or, where you get or frustrated, they, or they don't actually like talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like in Blade Runner when he realizes he's not the guy. Ooh, we've got some children yelling next door, so if you guys can hear that, that's what we've got going on. I think they're celebrating St. Patrick's Day, which we're recording on. Yes, it is St. Patrick's Day. Alex is not wearing green. I, I did pinched. I did pinch him, so we're good there. I'm like checking my socks. No, they're black socks. Yeah, I'm wearing green socks, so there you go. Uh, yeah, so there's some noisy children in the conference room next door, so apologies, audience, if you hear that. There's nothing we can do. We might edit them out, so we don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like like in Blade Runner 40, not 2049, like he realized, the audience and him realized that he's not like the chosen one or, you know. He's not this very special replicant. Yeah, and he's just like sad faced about it. He doesn't actually say a word. Yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and, and you know, the only reason we figure it out in Coco is just because it's like structurally that's what makes yeah. sense. You mm-hmm. see that coming because you're like, yeah, that's how this story should go. Yeah. Whereas they don't have any reason to suspect it until it comes together. Yeah. So it's not frustrating. That it's and, just like yeah. you anticipate it. Well, and you're also like, 
a kid's movie would never make this horrible man his father or his his grandfather like yeah that would be so bad this horrible horrible murderer no that's not my grandpa the only reason that you do expect it to be um the famous guy is because in the photo the broad shoulders the broad and 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 the guitar yeah but that's like the only yeah the guitar is pretty clear the guitar is the only thing that tricked me yeah. Broad yeah. Like, it can't be him because of the shoulders. Yeah. But it's like, oh no, he's just wearing a big suit, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Once his head is on there, it's like, all right. I mean, that it's... suit's a bit big for him, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, my favorite song in the movie was Juanita. Oh, okay. Because that I scene my mind. I changed is... my mind. I changed my mind. <laughs> I, need, I need a breakdown why that scene is so incredible to me. Because it does everything. That that scene is maybe the most important and like hardworking scene in this entire movie. First of all, that scene is that song is just really cute and funny. Like it's just funny and and you know it's it's really charming. Okay, they're getting this guitar from Chicharron because they need it. They need and so in order to move the plot forward, they have to do this to to play this song for Chicharron. Now. In this scene, we find out that Hector is a musician. Mm-hmm. We didn't know this before. And this is revelatory for the story, for the characters. Miguel gets to see a totally different side of Hector. And the audience gets to see a totally different side of Hector. Uh, you know, he's just this goofy sort yeah. of con man up until that point, And you see this really poignant, yeah. emotionally impactful scene with him. That scene is... That's, <sighs> that's when I cried. Yeah. Sure. You get to find out in that scene about second death, yeah, which is very crucial for the plot and totally organic yeah. in the scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just just everything that the scene is doing blows my mind, and it's seamless. Yeah, it's so well pulled off. Like I I'm reeling every time I think about how effective that scene is. Like it's one of the best. Scenes, <laughs> like I've ever, it yeah. just works on so many levels, and it does so many things. And like the song is, you know, and and it's all just sort of like lifted by the song itself, which is this cute, funny, irreverent little ditty that they, that they censor. Yeah, that he censors, <laughs> and it's a sweet, funny moment. And so it's like it's doing all this heavy lifting, and you don't even know that it's yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. I changed my mind a third time on my favorite song. My oh. favorite song is the one that the great grandma sings. Oh, when she on, sings on the stage. Oh, oh, La Llorona. Yes, it's beautiful. God, oh. she kicks ass. <laughs> Mama Imelda is the most <laughs> badass character in the movie. Like, with her, I'm just like emotional just thinking about how cool she is. Uh, yeah, with her super awesome alebrije, uh, uh, Pepita. Like, God, that thing is amazing and beautiful, yeah. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just the scariest, coolest thing. Yeah. Okay. One thing that we gotta talk about is the theme of this film because I think it's so unusual. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been thinking about sort of how it fits into Pixar's usual thing and versus Disney's usual thing. Because I I will say, I recommended this movie to a coworker because I can't stop recommending it to Mm -hmm. everyone on earth. And I was like, watch this movie with your kids. Like, you're going to love it. It's my favorite Pixar movie. And he's like, wow, like, I totally missed it. And I'm like, really? You did? Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But he watched it. And he was like, yeah, it was pretty good. And I was like, oh, man, I cry when I watch that movie. I just 
cried the whole time and he's like you did not and I was like yes I did and he's like because he because he wanted to be a musician and I'm like no that's not (laughs) that's not what the movie's about and what it's about is so complex because most movies you know sort of what Disney would do um with this movie what Disney does you know it's I'm a young person who wants to do a thing and it's in my heart and I must and they have to convince the world that they can do this thing you know you've got Little Mermaid you've got I mean just all of them like it's about some young person who's like I want a thing and then through maybe some unexpected adventure it's about them teaching everybody else they end up getting that thing and learning how to have that thing um you know you must follow your heart yeah sort of and you know in the end he does get to be a musician but that's not what it is about Mm. um you know, it's sort of a two-sided thing. I'd say the the biggest, the closest thing I can think of is maybe um, Brave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where they both learn. Where it's a, maybe more of a compromise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, because the Pixar sort of formula tends to be somebody who, honestly, most of the movies are about obsolescence. Yeah. Right? Like, you've got Toy Story, you've got The Incredibles, you've got, you know, the, you've got Up. Yeah. You got inside, like they're all about, they're all about somebody who's like, my place is being threatened. I'm established and now I maybe have to find a new way of living in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was we- like a weird sort of in-between place with that, right? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's... And there's that moment where, if I'm remembering right, he's willing to give it all up. He's, he's 100% ready. Yeah. Because he's learned his lesson. Yeah. And and then, you know, his family like, has to learn yeah. theirs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to come to them and say, like, I get it. You're right. Like, this is important. And that's, you know, the, the lesson is you have to stick by and support your family. Now, there are obvious sort of caveats to that yeah. in real life. With, you know, abusers and things. like but, don't but, given, all, but given his family. His family, <laughs> generally, wonderful. I'd say it's a nice sentiment to say you yeah. must stick by and support your family. And everyone was failing at that. Because Miguel said, I don't need my family. I can abandon them the way that Dale Cruz did. Um, his family was saying, no, we refuse to support you in your dreams. Yeah. And so they had to they come together. And yeah, nobody was supporting. Yeah. yeah, exactly. God, it's so, <laughs> it's so good. Like, everybody had a lesson to learn. Yeah. And they did. And it was so beautiful. One of my favorite, this is totally not having to do with the theme, but but one of my favorite details is his grandma with the the shoe. Just always throwing her shoe. Beating people, breaking the computer. Your magic box. (laughs) Devil box. Yeah. I loved that. Imelda's so good. She's so cool. I I loved that. Like in the end, like the climax scene when they're like chasing down De La Cruz and she's like, and that's for killing the love of my life. And he's like, did you say the love of your life? And she's like, I don't know. I'm still angry with you. (laughs) It's so cute. I don't know what I said. And he's like, it's just, he's so enamored. Like, you can just, oh, oh no, you mean to Miguel? When she she sings to Miguel. That wasn't the reason she was upset. Yeah, that she loves music and she just felt that she had to leave it behind. That's beautiful. And then when she's on stage singing again, and Hector starts playing the guitar, and there's just this moment between them where he's just like, my wife is so amazing. Right. And he's just so in love with her, and it's so beautiful. When it's almost like in a better world, in a not the time period when Hector and and, and his wife and um, they were like coming up. Mm-hmm. It could have been those two rather than him and what's his face. 
being the stars. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Because she's way more talented than... Than De La Cruz? Than De La Cruz. Yeah. He's... I mean, he's just... He's he's more driven. He's the... Yeah. yeah. He's more driven to do it. And, you know, he's succeeded because he was ruthless. (sighs) That was... That was see. I was expecting Hector to be the, the yeah. great grandfather. I was not expecting De La Cruz to be a murderer. <laughs> oh. But that's I don't know. It felt very I don't know. I mean, it was dark. Yeah. Like in a way that yeah. I mean, Pixar movies get dark, but that was dark. Yeah. That was dark. What was the dog's name? Uh, Dante. Oh. He's so cute. Like Pixar and Disney do animals well, but this, but Dante was like. Well, yeah, because, you know, in the wrong hands, he could have been really overbearing and irritating. But, like, you know, he was just this stupid little dog that was just hanging around sometimes. Yeah, just a guardian angel. Just his little alligator kid, yeah. You know, there for companionship and in, uh, you know, tense moments can help. Yeah. And I love, yeah. (laughs) Transforms. Yeah, he gets his stupid little wings. That's adorable. (laughs) That scene, though, when they're in the pit. De La Cruz's inconvenient people pit because <laughs> he has one. I love that he just like has his guards take them away and they just know what to do with them like it's just like how many people have you thrown in this pit De La Cruz because they just like yeah we throw them in the pit right like they just know well, it's, like, it's like I guess people never really leave because I mean this is afterlife yeah I mean so that's the only really unless way they to, get forgotten unless like, they get forgotten that's the only way to get rid of people is to throw, throw them in a pit, pit. <laughs> yeah unless you have a super badass alibrique like Pepita that can yeah. come down and rescue you right. and like I love that like they couldn't get out on their own like they needed the family to come yeah. and save them they needed the support of their family in order to to make it out like that was really solid sort of thematically uh, you know, Dante shows up and is like, hey, I found you guys. I can't help. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's not till Pepita gets there that they're rescued. Uh, just, it's so well made. Because, you know, that's that's what I have an issue with with a good handful of Pixar movies is that they kind of, parts will break down or lose their way. Like, Up is beautiful and a wonderful movie for the first half. And then I think the second half of that movie really kind of lost its way. Yeah. Like, it... It struggled and things. The more the more characters that showed up, the more you're like. Like you know, we start out with this beautiful and tragic love story between these two people who found out that they can't have the adventure in life that they wanted to, mm-hmm. and we end with talking dogs flying airplanes. Like <laughs> what happened to this movie? And, and I think one talking dog would have been perfect, but having multiple topic talking dogs. It was just like a lot. Sociopathic. It was. It just got. It, it got out of hand. And the bird. There's just too yeah, many characters. Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> too many characters. Yeah, like, it, Kevin and Doug are perfect, but, mm-hmm. like, just, it just got a little too crowded. It got crowded, and it just, it it lost its Like, way. why couldn't, like, the dangers of exploring in Venezuela have been yeah. the, the antagonist? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and, and part of that movie was that the main um, guy you know directing that film died um part way through oh. yeah he di- i can't think of it. i feel bad that i can't think of who it was but he was like um the creative director of the movie oh, or okay. something and he died like halfway through sort of the the planning. conception of yeah. the film and so they were on their own for the rest of it and yeah. that's you it shows yeah it shows that his vision was interrupted um but yeah and you know something like wally like it's it, you know it's beautiful and i really like the whole thing but it definitely feels sort of inconsistent 
Mm-hmm. You know, it has this big shift and it feels like a different movie at a certain point. Yeah. Whereas I think Coco is just solid. Yeah. Well, because like it, in Up, it goes from a house on the ground to being Venezuela. And from in Wally goes from this desolate... Desolate Earth. Earth to up in space. Yeah. Coco, it's like the living world to the world of the dead... But there's not like this weird, it still feels part of the same. Universe. Well, yeah, I mean, because that's the, you know, that's the break into two as far as, you know, film structure goes. Like yeah. that happens, you know, that's the point in a movie in yeah. film structure where you go somewhere else, yeah. where you're some, you're, a new thing is happening. You know, the beginning of the movie, first act is establishing yeah. the conflict, setting up the character, and then something happens. We're somewhere else now. And that's when Miguel gets cursed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that when he's they're like three seconds later. <laughs> well, I can't believe you. <laughs> three seconds. Miguel, Miguel. Uh, yeah. Mm. God, I love that film. But yeah, it it does. It feels interesting to compare it to the other Pixar and other Disney films. How it really does sort of tread between them. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, yeah, it, it was it, it kind of got me thinking when my coworker was like, well, because he wanted to be a musician. And I'm like, well, no. Like, that's what the Disney version of yeah. that film would have been about. You know, that's that's what... Whereas the... So, like, this is Tixar's iteration of that Disney concept. Yeah. Whereas instead of he got to be a musician, it's like his family... Supports, supports him. Supports him as in his dream. Yeah. And he doesn't have to abandon them. Yes. To live his dream. Yes, and it doesn't. History doesn't repeat. Hmm. Yeah. I. Uh, do you think you have like? Do you think you could list like a top three Pixar films? Because recently, Mikey, uh, Mikey Newman asked people um, top three, bottom three Pixar. And Coco came up very rarely, and I think it's because nobody saw it. I feel like it's out of the league. Like it's just, it's not like better. But it's just like a completely different kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's a fully matured Pixar that I don't even want to like put it in the top three because I don't think it... Do you think it's it's unfair? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, it's, and I think it's it, uh, it's also because Pixar is part of this massive corporation now. Like, I mean, it was always associated, but it was never like owned. And yeah. They, through, it's like, so, integrated know, Integrated. Um, so I think they just have every resource they can ever need. Um but I, I, I'm also really curious of how things are going to go forward without Lassiter. Yeah, I mean, we'll have I to see. I think that's going to be beneficial in he, the long run. Yeah, it's but definitely... He has been... It's a big question mark right now as to what's going to happen. the head of Pixar since the beginning. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's a big deal. That's yeah, a, big a big deal. deal. It's yeah. definitely things are going to be different yeah. one way or another. Different, and I think it's good that he's gone. Um, sure, it's what ha- had to happen. Exactly. Um, but as far as top three, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll tell you mine. Okay. And and like, can we pull up a list? Go ahead. A, well, I'm well, listing. I have, I have oh, I can do it on my phone. Okay. Um, <laughs> but so my, I I did some thinking on this, uh, discussing with Will and Dylan, sort of considering, and I don't think I could do a bottom three because I think that sort of I've avoided the ones that I probably would like the least. Yeah. I've only seen the first Cars movie. Uh, <laughs> Fun fact, that's the only Pixar one. 
Yeah, that one's not Pixar. Cars 3 might be Pixar. Cars 2 is Disney Animation Studios. It's not Pixar. Planes is Disney Animation Studios. I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, but I didn't see The Good Dinosaur, and I haven't really heard anything good about that. It has some highlights, but it's not good. <laughs> yeah. My older brother, Steve, was telling me he saw it because he's got a little girl. and um, It's kind of scary. Yeah, he was like, it was just like the story of a sad dinosaur getting beaten up a lot. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound nice. He's like, it wasn't. I didn't like it. It made me sad the whole time for no good reason. If you want a happy prehistoric movie, watch The Croods. <laughs> you know, I didn't see it. It looked wonderful. It's, I wouldn't say that was that one's necessarily good either, but. <laughs> but it's a good time? But it's, it's funny. Oh. And it's visually appealing. Whereas The Good Dinosaur is very like, for a Pixar movie, very gray. Like the only thing that's colorful is the dinosaur. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. Because everything else is like realistic looking except for the characters. Hmm. Like the world is just photographic almost. Bizarre. Yeah. Also it takes place in like Colorado. There's a lot of dinosaur bones in Colorado. Know, but like pick <laughs> somewhere more interesting. All right. <laughs> dinosaur that's Colorado. Because, okay, so I, yeah, I did a lot of thinking on this and it was really, honestly, my top two was pretty easy. The third was um, more of a difficult choice. First, obviously, Coco. Second, I think, is Brave. Mm-hmm. Third, probably Wally. I really love Wally. Yeah. I mean, for all I've said, that it feels inconsistent. Like it's really wonderful and magical and sweet, and and especially it was just you know very inventive and yeah. daring. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like my uh, my older brother's ex. Apparently, at the time, she like you know. Like, they were seeing it, and he was just like, wow, this is so good, and, like, amazed by the beginning of this film that was like, there's not even any dialogue. It's amazing that the story is being told in this way. And she leans over, and she says, if they don't start talking soon, I'm going to leave. And it's like, what? You're going to leave? Literally, the history of cinema comes from silence. Yeah, so I couldn't, yeah, that's kind of insane that she felt that way about it. But I thought it was magical and incredible as far as storytelling goes. Um, So I think, I don't know if I can rank them, like one to three or like sure i mean i'm like, putting you on the spot here I can, this give, is I can give three that are my favorite but i don't know if i can list rank them, them. yeah um a bug's life that's a very i mean it's that one's like i mean toy story is the first one but a bug's life is like pixar sort of coming into yeah. its own mm-hmm. yeah it, was, it felt bigger too yeah it and like i mean the age that we were when that came out too yeah. like it was it was a good time yeah. yeah very formative um i love the incredibles I have such a complicated relationship. I'll watch with that one anytime, anyplace. It's wonderful and good, but it's also got these really weird Ayn Randian ideas in it. Oh, yeah. With the sort of exceptionalism and okay, like, yeah. we're special and people shouldn't try to be as okay. special as yeah. us. We're innately yeah. special. Like, it's troubling, right? And yeah. it's like, if you put that out of your mind, it's a wonderful movie. It's yeah. fun. It's a good time. It's beautiful. It's sweet. But it does have some weird undertones. Well, hopefully those won't be present in, in the, the sequel. Yeah, Which I've been waiting so long for. Yeah, I know. Because that's the only one that really needed a sequel. Yeah, that, that invited else, a sequel. That invited a sequel, whereas every other one, it's like, let's tack on a sequel. Yeah. I mean, especially because like, Pixar movies, a lot of the time, don't feel... Um, like, they make room for a sequel. Because it's yeah. like, it's such a closed sort of tied up story like they're all very complete yeah. that's the, mm-hmm. the way they structure them and then finding dory or finding nemo not finding, finding nemo i didn't like dory as much but no nemo is no i mean good. yeah dory was good it was cute it was nice i was glad i saw it but no it doesn't really hold up it was trying a little too hard i think yeah i mean it was because finding it, i mean there just wasn't room in dory's character for a whole movie it just didn't quite 
If there would have been like another, I just thought the emotion was a little too forced. Mm-hmm. But I loved the adventure at the aquarium and all that. that yeah, no, it was fun with the with the Nick Offerman Duck. octopus and the, all of that. The Idris Elba sea lion. <laughs> oh, Idris Elba! You, I always forget how much voice acting he does. Yeah, I mean, and he's in Zootopia. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. He had he had one of the funniest jokes in the entire movie, when he's like, "This isn't some." magical movie where you just sing a song and all of your dreams come true. So let it go. <laughs> oh, Disney, I see you. Meanwhile, like, the theme song of the movie is like the Shakira dreams coming true yeah. theme. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cute. Yeah, Zootopia's good. But, I mean, and honestly, like, Disney has been definitely putting in some entries to rival Pixar on their own. Oh, yeah. With Wreck-It Ralph. Tangled. Tangled. I mean, okay, I like Tangled a lot. I Tangled think it was very cute, but I think it was it was I mean it, it sort of began this new generation of Disney animated films. Yeah. And they were still sort of testing the waters. Yeah. And so in some ways it um I mean it was really fresh and cool. I think in some ways it doesn't quite hold up to what they did after it because yeah. they were sort of finding their way still. And I think them their reliance in this new 3D animation era on princesses mm-hmm. is a handicap. Because mm-hmm. Wreck-It Ralph is fantastic and there's no princess. Like, there's a princess, but she's like a race car driving, like, candy princess. Yeah. You don't know she's a princess for most of Voiced the Voiced by Sarah Silverman. Yeah. <laughs> race car driving Where's candy like, princess. Voiced by Sarah Silverman. Many more. Like, many more. You know. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, and like, and Zootopia. Frozen. Yeah, Frozen. I mean, and honestly, like, I'm, I love all of the princess movies they've made. These, this new, you know, yeah. Tangled. I do like a lot. Frozen was incredible. Moana was beyond belief. You know, yeah. like... They're very good. They're very good. But, but it's... They, do, they do stick to the Disney, like, one-dimensional, um, like you were saying earlier, with, like, the Disney version of Coco would have been about the music. Rather yeah, than it would have been about this boy yeah, they achieving his dreams. There being one premise mm-hmm. or one goal rather than why can't it be complicated. Mm-hmm. And Pixar does complicate it well. <laughs> they do complicate it well. Uh, God, I'm trying to think of... You know what, though? I think animated film does complicated maybe the best of anything I've ever seen Hmm. is Paranorman by Leica Studios. I love that movie so much. I love that movie. I mean, like, and it was up against Brave and Wreck-It Ralph at the Academy Awards. Brave one, I think. I understand. But, like, Paranorman Paranorman was robbed. (laughs) Leica is... So, you can't even, like, like they're, they're on a completely different level. Well, and one thing, I'd say they struggle with comedy a lot, which is weird for a cartoon. <laughs> they, like, some, I find that some of their humor really does not land well, like, especially in um, Kubo. Kubo has a, a lot, of, a lot smaller of, like, a, like, there's no, like, laughing out loud moments. You're just, like, little giggles. And I, I don't know, I just felt like a lot of the humor just... Didn't work for me. I didn't care for the the Beatles dad, dad jokes, but I mean, he's the dad. Yeah, and it, like yeah, and it, but it, yeah, there was it just felt like, on, and I, I may have mentioned this before on the podcast, but in um, Box Trolls, which by and large I loved, mm-hmm. like there was some really cringy humor moments, yeah. like when um, 
Dakota Fanning's character. It's Dakota Fanning, right? Or is it Elle Fanning? Which Fanning? I don't know. I didn't finish that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's near the beginning. um, When the first, the two of them are first meeting, um, he asks like where, you know, she's like, he's like trying to ask her how to get to someplace. And she says, um, oh, it's on milk. And and he's like, where's milk? And she's like, well, it turns into Curd's Way. And then there's a literal like, drum like like cymbal crash drum beat thing like ba-dunks like in the like don't (laughs) don't put that in like it was a bad enough joke audiences are smart yeah it's a bad enough joke anyway like i was like oh that's punny and then they do a cymbal crash and it's like why would you do that Mm -hmm. it was bad and they just they struggle with her but paranorman like that really complicated idea of like People do bad things mostly because they're scared. Whoa! Whoa! Like, there's no bad people, just scared people? That's huge! That's huge! And, yeah. So I really appreciate movies like this and like Coco, where it's like, it takes on a more challenging idea. Because, like, you know, I love Wreck-It Ralph. I love Brave. But both of them just sort of boil down to like you can be who you are in your heart it's like great (laughs) yep thanks (laughs) like i mean there's just so many movies out there especially children's movies that are already like that so it's nice to see something that takes on a more challenging topic yeah (sighs) do we have anything else to say about coco (laughs) i'm trying to think i think we we've got a little time but we talked a lot about coco yeah. And I think it's just pretty. Uh, one thing I'll say is, like, the trailers don't do it justice, even. Like, when when you finally get to the world of the dead, and it's, like... Huge and beautiful. Like, and it goes back farther. Like, if you, if you were to imagine it as, like, one of the earlier Pixar movies, you'd have, like, a middle of and background of... of yeah, and there would be the illusion of, like... like six backgrounds of, yeah. of, of buildings and stuff. They'd find ways to sort of imply yeah. vastness, like, but it, this it is just... It was Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. I, uh... God, I loved all of the voice actors, too. I just thought they were really... Like, um... Gail Garcia Bernal. Mm-hmm. He's wonderful. He's wonderful and cute. And <laughs> he was very, very funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like I probably did have more to say, but it's just not um not coming. It's not coming. I mean, that's part of the trouble is like when I really want to discuss something on this show, I'll end up like talking to other people about it so much that then I, it's like I got it all out yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know what to say anymore because it's like I feel like I said things that I didn't yeah. necessarily say. But no, mostly I just really 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 wanted to talk about the scene with Juanita because yeah. <laughs> it's just it's important. It's so important. And, like, I just hope. Well, and it's when you realize the movie has stakes. Yeah. I mean, you knew because knew he's going to... Yeah, he's going to get stuck there. Get but, stuck like, there, getting like, stuck there is worse than we imagined. Yeah. Um, Especially if somebody forgets you. Yeah, which they will inevitably. Yeah. You know. Because they don't know what happened. Yeah. I mean, except for, like, people like Frida Kahlo. And, <laughs> yes, they're not going to be forgotten. Her, her inclusion, I think... Confused people. I thought it was fun, but like the the media is very much trying to like 
repaint her as somebody she wasn't. What do you mean? Like, as far as I'm aware, she was very, like, anti-capitalist and, like... Oh, yeah. But now she's, like, in a Disney movie. I mean, yeah, she's, um, <laughs> she's definitely been sanitized. Yeah. And I was, like, oh, I was, I think I was listening to a podcast. I mean, she's a Barbie now. Yeah. And I was listening <laughs> to a podcast and they were talking about her being a Barbie and, the, and they were talking about how the Barbie doesn't have the, even have the unibrow. That's not Frida. Yeah. That's not Frida. That's not Frida. That's somebody dressing up as Frida. Yeah. I did Which say, happens in the movie. Yes. <laughs> yes, and I will say that was one of the funniest things ever was that Ektor kept dressing up like Frida Kahlo. I, I, I love did like her... Her, her, uh, her weird papaya her, thing. Her weird papaya thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. Like, that really cracked me up. She's like, they crawl out and they are all me. And then they go to their mother. And they go to their mother. And she's also me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's Frida. <laughs> It's all Frida. Everything has Frida's face. <laughs> I loved it. Um, but I, I, I gotta say, like, just thinking about Hector, and, like, he's such a great character because he's got so many different sides to him. Yeah. You know, like, for a lot of the movie, he's this sort of goofy sidekick yeah. with his skeleton bone jokes. He's flying everywhere and breaking apart, and it's yeah. all these cute skeleton bone jokes. But then, like, he's this really loving and devoted father, yeah. and he has this whole other side to him. And, you know, he's a... He's a husband, and he, you know he's he's got these sort of dimensions to yeah. him, and it oh god. And the one thing in his whole life that he wanted to be remembered is is just not so that happy. yeah. Well, and he just wants to be remembered by his daughter. Like he just oh, the ending. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, it's so beautiful. Okay, <laughs> I was because I because I can't stop thinking about this movie. I was thinking about. The future, Miguel's future, because he's gonna grow up and he's gonna be a successful musician and he's gonna touch the world with his music and he's gonna carry on his great grandfather's legacy. And one day he's gonna, and, and, and you know, every year Hector's gonna come back and see him and be so proud of him and he's gonna grow old and one day Miguel will die and then he'll be reunited with his family in the land of the dead and it's and yeah. it's gonna see Hector again and it's gonna be so beautiful. <laughs> like I've got this fan fiction in my head of like Well that's you know After whole, this beautiful long life, Miguel's gonna go yeah. and see you get a, Hector again. Your family gets to see you every year and then you get to see them eventually. <sighs> that's like so you know. Like, I cry a little thinking yeah, about no, this beautiful would, idea. It's very comforting. It yeah. is. Well, yeah. And, and you know, like, I've talked to people who, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, like, I really liked it. And I did get a little teary about it. But I think in my position, uh, it's just specifically for me, especially emotionally impactful. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, of course, it does make me think about my mom. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like this whole other experience for me when I, you know, like just, uh, recently I was driving home from work and I was listening to the Coco soundtrack and like the moment that the Hector version of Remember Me came on, I just began yeah. weeping, mm -hmm. like just sobbing in my car mm -hmm. because it was so, it was just like every word of it meant so much to me the idea of someone saying like i'm still here and i still love you even if we can't be together yeah. right now and it's like i'm crying right now just thinking yeah. about it because it's like you know it is it's so comforting and, it, and it's also you know it is very 
hard, you know, and, it, and it's, it's, you know, it's a hard thing to think about, but you are going to, <laughs> you know, you yeah. can't not. And so to, to, to think about it in that way of saying like, I'm still here and I still love you. Yeah. And for, for in those moments when you are thinking about it and you can't not think about it for it to be a happy thought rather than. Yeah. Or, you know, at least bittersweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Collecting myself. now. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. So, well, yeah. and you know, and I mean, that's been on my mind yeah. a lot lately with, you know, getting married and knowing like, yeah. I can't have my mom there the way that I had imagined it. And yeah. so it's nice to, to think about like, but she is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm good. I'm no, good. I totally know where you come from. Like I had therapy yesterday. So <laughs> <laughs> the thing about therapy for me is I didn't, I didn't even know I could cry and then Mm. figured out I could and I was like now it's just like every other therapy session I'm just like she's like go ahead I'm like okay thank you as soon as she gives me permission I'm just like cry (laughs) yeah like she's like yesterday she was like um I noticed you're holding back and I was like what (laughs) (laughs) thank you tears automatically yeah just a little reminder like go ahead yeah open Mm -hmm. the open the gates I mean I, I always try to remember but like sometimes I'm like I know that if I'm crying I can't really communicate it as well so oh off, god I tell me about so it off, with her i was like i felt like i wanted to like save my peace first yeah hold control yourself yeah, to she, a degree she's like she, you need to like you need to do this like, i can understand with how intense the emotion is mm-hmm. just from that so go ahead yeah I, I i get the idea and then at the end she was like i don't want to leave you like broken for the day so let's do a little guided meditation mm. and she put me through this meditation and then at the end of the meditation i was just crying mm-hmm. i was like that was so powerful and beautiful and it was so simple and she's like yeah you did that and i was like what <laughs> and, and the way she like it i had control over the meditation like she was like describing it but then she was like now describe it to me what what it's like mm-hmm. and i was just like and i'll share it too because i think it's beautiful she's like imagine there's an infinite amount of light pouring over you from above your head it has no end and she's like now imagine what you're feeling, what does it look like inside your body? And I described it as like this black churning mass. Of, and I was like, I couldn't even describe it at first. I was like, oh, it's going to sound silly. She's like, no, it's not going to. Mm-hmm. I was like, permission. <laughs> and so I described it as that. And then she's like, now what color is the light? And I was like, it's every color. And she's like, what temperature is the light? And I was like, it's the perfect temperature. <laughs> and then she's like, now imagine the light getting a hold of that, whatever, whatever you're feeling. What happens to it? And then I just started crying. I was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Mm. And I was like, it made it solid and clear. That's nice. Yeah. So things can, like that. You can look at it and it's not going to hurt you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so wonderful when you find something like that, that yeah. really unlocks something for you. Well, I think having help. Uh-huh. Because like trying to meditate on your own. Like, it's hard. You might have some insight, but like, but, but, but like you need. I don't know, that permission that, yeah. you know. At validation. least, you know, when you're inexperienced, someone to coach you through, yeah. and then you learn, and then maybe yeah. you can do it on your own. But at first, you really need someone to teach you how to do it, yeah. just to to permit you to do it. Mm-hmm. But, sure and, I mean, frankly, like, I have an experience somewhat like that just watching Coco. Like, no, 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 <laughs> for real, like, it is. totally, like, good, like, to be able to have a release. Mm-hmm. Cause, it's extremely cathartic. Because... You know, all day at work, you can't have a release because you're at work. Mm-hmm. You don't, uh, and, like, with your family, you don't want to, like, bother that. You, you know, there's just yeah. so many things that build up, build up, build up. And it's hard to find the, the space. Yeah. 
to do that. And for a lot of people, there isn't space. And for a lot of people, I think it, it is it is through sort of a third party catharsis yeah. Yeah. of mm-hmm. of a film. Yeah. You know, that's the, the film is permission. Yeah, it's to to experience per, a dark theater is a safe place mm-hmm. to just to experience out. certain yeah. emotions yeah. that you're not given room to experience even in your you, life. Even if you know them and have them, you just you need they're like locked away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just cry the whole yeah. film like anything that happens like i i, I, I want to bring up um we talked about it earlier but uh uh call me by your name yeah i'm surprised actually how little i cry at that movie and i think it's because i've already been to that place and i've moved past that place that the mm-hmm. main character's in so you don't necessarily need what it gives i don't need what it gives because i i i I understand and I empathize, and I and I'm not living it anymore. Yeah, and something also, you've worked through and already. I think this is such a powerful part of the movie. It's just visually, without any script saying this, or without any dialogue. Saying it's this. it's subtextual. Yeah, you know he's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, you got this. Mm-hmm. It sucks, but you got this. You're just a little baby gay, and you'll oh get there. God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just I do find this sort of um, attitude towards death and and um, loved ones who are gone in Coco to be very very comforting yeah. for me. You know, it's like you know I've got a few years distance, but like you know something I'm going to be dealing with yeah. for the rest of my life certainly. And and for now, you know, maybe I am I think I am still sort of working through it in ways that I'm not totally aware of. You know. I, at the time, I was, I had to struggle to give myself permission to grieve fully. Well, it's like, the permission to gr- grief is like so much more complicated than <laughs> anyone can even, because it's like, yeah, you know you need it. But you, but you and like, and it, and it will happen. Like, I learned this. But like, sometimes you just want it to happen and it's not happening. Yeah. And sometimes it's all happening and you're like, I don't want this to happen. And, well, and my struggle was, you know, trying to bypass it. Oh. You know, I didn't want to take the time and the space to grieve because I wanted to take care of others. You yeah. know, I wanted to take care of my brothers. I wanted to take care of my dad. And I didn't have the time to grieve for myself. Yeah. And I learned, you know, I had just the hardest time. And, and I ended up learning, like, this is happening whether I want it yeah. to or not. Yeah. And it has to be felt. And there is, you know, maybe even like sort of a certain amount of grieving that has to be done and you can't skip it skip it and it'll happen at one time or another and i think that's scary and i think it's also like once you realize that there is an amount that it's not going to go away but like that there's this amount that's like there's a reason there's a required amount because it's an important thing Mm -hmm. it's an important person it's an important feeling yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a piece of your heart. It's yeah. a piece of your life, you know, because I'm, you know, I, I'm not just grieving for my parent. I'm grieving for everything that I was supposed to have. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, my wedding, yeah. we oh, happen to be true. looking through windows right now at my wedding venue across the street from the library. And it's like, she was supposed to be there and I was supposed to have that. And she was supposed to babysit my kids. Yeah. And, you know, we were, I, she, I was supposed to, you know, watch her grow old and she was supposed to, you know, watch me become a mother and like all of these things that, we were both robbed of yeah. and all of this potential 
And so that's so much grief to take on. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> well, and there's... And then, and then the, the whole, you know, idea of the world that Coco brings forward and the, the beliefs of, of um, people in Mexico, it's like, it, maybe it's not something that's being robbed maybe it's just something that's happening behind yeah some some it's not happening happening yeah it's not happening the way that we wanted it to but it's still happening yeah and then and that's it's a very comforting thought to believe that you know it's not it's not quite the same and it's not what i had wanted it to be but it's still there it's still there uh you know it's really sweet um because actually, uh, tomorrow is um, is the three year anniversary of when she passed away, and um, so if or no, tomorrow is the three year anniversary of her funeral. Um, a few days ago was the anniversary of when she passed, and on that day, Monica, um, my my dad's girlfriend, she's Buddhist, and she put out an offering of food for my mom because um, that's a Buddhist practice. And I just thought that was really, you know, she just decided she wanted to do this herself. You know, she thought this is important and this is the way that I, and she, of course, of course she never met her. She never knew her, but she knows how important she was and still is for the family. And she has great respect and love for that experience. And so she just did this herself. And, and I just thought that was the most wonderful gesture. And she's going to um, do the same thing um, tomorrow because that's, yeah. part of that practice and you know she's always talking about how she feels my mom's sort of presence lingering and she she believes that that she is still there with us and and you know it is really nice especially you know as someone sort of coming into the yeah. family mm-hmm. and in a way taking on the role yeah. that my mother had filled yeah. for her to have this connection and this respect for her is very very meaningful yeah. to me i appreciate that a lot so this thanks gonna, monica this is totally coming from our um where we operate with the no guilty pleasures but um, <laughs> long island medium is a show <laughs> <laughs> that i i i like watching it because it, it gives just gives me the release even if i don't you know fully believe or whatever but it's it's very much like the thing I like about it is it's like, no matter what thing you believe in, taking the time out of your day to remember somebody mm-hmm. and that memory, not just being something like, oh, nice, you know, it's like, it's a way to keep them alive like keep, in, mm-hmm. you know like keep yeah in like, like in coco. coco it's such a good movie alex yeah, yeah. it's so smart and wonderful yeah. yeah yeah it's true like you know i i do i do feel a lot of remorse for the the things that i wish that my mother had had time to do you know i feel like when she got ill that was when that was supposed to be when she was able to become, you know, somebody other than mom. Like, yeah. we were all, you know, grown. Like, my my brother had just, um, you know, entered his 20s, and it was, like, time for us to just be adults. And for her to have the room and the time and the energy to find herself in other capacities, and she was beginning to, and I, and I you know, it, it sucks so much that I didn't get to see 
all the things that she still had left to do. Um, but, you know, at least, like, you know, r raising us. And, and I mean, and, I, and I've come to understand, um, you know, talking to my dad that, like, that was a huge and important thing for her life is to, you know, was to ra raise us kids. And, and that was, you know, really... I mean, she was very good at it, like, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, and, and she was so proud of us and, and, you know, and I feel like we're doing her right, you know, and, you know, the way that she raised us has shaped who we are and what we're doing with our lives and that's her legacy. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, that, that, that comforts me as far as, you know, the, the, you know, feeling like there was something missed, you know, at least we're carrying on who she was and what she taught us. One thing I, I like to sort of imagine, too, is when we, if we want to, we can use our creativity. For humans, we have this strange, powerful thing. <laughs> we can just imagine somebody who's gone doing all the things that they missed. Yeah. And what's to say that's not happening? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that's totally, like, you know. A little woo-woo, but. <laughs> but. like, why not? Like, yeah. I mean, at the yeah. very least, it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a really lovely thing yeah. to think, to think about and to imagine and to wonder what if, you know? <sighs> well, gee, this turned into a little like therapy support group Wonder discussion. But like, no, you, but can't, you can't ignore this stuff. With, yeah, with this, this yeah, yeah, that's what this movie is about, you know? Yeah. You know, the, the, that Miguel is able to carry on. Hector's legacy and you know achieve the things and you know help Hector be recognized for the things that he did achieve mm -hmm. and and also like repair this broken family mm -hmm. that even though they're so close and they're so big mm -hmm. they're still there's still this like broken part mm -hmm. yeah. <sighs> lots of feelings yeah, let's, let's do our little like calming breath <laughs> No, this is wonderful. And I, and I think part of it has to do with being, being in the same yeah, room. No, like, like, it's harder yeah. to have this kind of a conversation. Yeah, when you're looking at a computer we, screen. Yeah, it's no, just, we're looking at each other yeah. in each other's eyes. So yes, it's, like, it's, it's nice. Oh and, I, and I hope we get to do it yeah. this way more. Well, and this is, like, important, too. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah, we should definitely. For our listeners, for ourselves. Yeah. To grow as people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we should definitely try to... Um, make this happen more well now we know a way to do it yeah we can do this so anytime that it works for me to yeah, come up here just do like let's every you know how frequently we just yeah. do it like lunch and recording yeah <laughs> every yeah recording. great or, like, awesome i need to get out more right? anyway so <laughs> <Me too. laughs> yeah i mean i come to the library a lot but like not <clears throat> that's usually just by myself <laughs> yeah after uh, after the wedding stuff is all over will and dylan and i are going to try to get an apartment um or something i don't know we're still working on exactly what you know where we're gonna move but we're gonna try to move a little closer north you know we don't want to go too far because dylan and i both still work down in <laughs> woodburn well, yeah, slash hubbard you were up in uh hazeldell and having to commute i didn't work there yet okay. no i got that job after i moved okay. down there That's but <laughs> yeah no i would not do that i can't believe will does uh but no so i mean i may find myself a little in a you know a little bit more of a convenient distance but like it's not that big of a deal to drive up here on a weekend so we should make this happen more because it's nice and if you're here at the library all the time anyway right <laughs> i'll just like record bonus episodes every once in a while <laughs> sure do it i'm at the library i'm on the quiet level 
breaking the rules by talking. <laughs> I was on the quiet level, uh, I think it was probably Thursday, and these two girls sat down and were t- chatting. I'm like, they're going to get in trouble because last time I was here and I got a phone call and I was it was a short phone call. And I was like, okay, mom, yeah, bye. Like, I got yelled at by the librarian. Because so. <gasps> it's not, it's like, you can have a conversation. Out here, yeah. Out here, just not upstairs. Yeah, that's, that's the... the quiet level. They have a special door. Yes. <laughs> Why don't we do recommendations, recommendations, Alex? I'll start with mine. Yes. Because it's from the library. From the library. So I w- it's actually two recommendations wrapped into one. Um, I I think I probably mentioned it before, but the Commonplace podcast, um, uh, hosted by Rachel Zucker, um, she interviews poets and poetry adjacent people and writers and critiques, critique, critiques. Uh, Critics. <laughs> um, and I've just been listening to older episodes and learning a lot about different poets and being inspired by their work. Um, and recently, I over, it took like three days to listen to it because it was a long episode. Um, she interviewed Sharon Olds, who is a Pulitzer Prize winning poet. Mm. Um, and I have in my hand Odes by Sharon Olds, which. <laughs> Odes by Odes. Olds. By Olds. Um, and I'm going to read, not a whole poem because they're kind of long, but every poem is an, is an ode. Hmm. And there's, I'll read some of the titles because the titles are just beautiful in their own right. Um, so there's Ode to the Hymen, Ode mm-hmm. to the Penis, Ode to My Sister, Ode to Menstrual Blood, ode, Blowjob Ode. Um, there's funny ones like that, Douchebag Ode, Single Ladies Ode, uh, Ode to My Fat. Ode to the glands. Like, there's just, like, everything. That's cute. And I just love that she's, like, she doesn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she's, like... This Unabashed. Pul- she's a Pulitzer Prize-winning poet. Like, let her write about it, you know? Yeah. Um, you don't have to be a Pulitzer Prize-winning poet to write about true. menstrual that's blood. That's true. That's true. Anyway. But, like, I just love that. <laughs> love it. Um, so I'm going to read just a, a couple lines from Ode to the Penis, because that's the first one I read, and I wrote a response to it after I read it. Um, so let's see. So I'm not flirting with, flirting with you. I'm just saying I like you. Not as an object, but a subject. A prime mover, a working theory of plumbing and ecstasy. A boy's pride and anxiety. Wind sock of zephyr and gale. Half of the equation of creation. <laughs> oh, I just love it. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, that sounds like a really interesting book. She's just good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how about you? Well, you already know what I'm recommending. I know. You do, because I couldn't help myself. I had to talk about it earlier, and we got coffee. Um, so, because my recommendations are almost always podcasts, because that's all I do is listen to podcasts. <laughs> I have to get through the day somehow. Uh, I just very late to the party got into. Um, Hello from the Magic Tavern. Now, some folks out there may already be into it. It's great if you're into something like the Adventure Zone. Uh, basically, it is a an improv comedy podcast about a guy from our world who has been accidentally transported into the magical land of Foon, and he is creating this pot. He's making this podcast, uh, interviewing different sort of creatures and people that he meets um, while he tries to find a way back to Chicago, and it's so funny. Like, I didn't believe that this concept could work. I, I didn't listen to it for a long time because I was like, no way they could pull that off. They do. They do. And it just, I, oh, it's so funny. Yeah, check it out. If you like something like The Adventure Zone, um, it's not a role, it's not like a game, role-playing game podcast. It's just 
that sort of improv storytelling but they're really on top of it it's it's very 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 good like they've got a a really great dynamic um they know what they're doing check it out if you want to bust a gut it's really fun (laughs) (laughs) i feel like we need to do something special because we're here yeah well okay um so i our um our anniversary our one year anniversary is coming up in like a couple weeks because so, I believe our first episode went up on April 12th. So that's coming up soon. I don't know if there's we want to do some kind of special thing about I it. Know. I don't know what to do. Because that's going to be going up, um, yeah, like, the week after my wedding. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we need to force our silent listeners to say something. Yeah, guys. Get at us. Talk to us, man. I know you're out there. Somebody's listening. Even like a cryptic, weird, like. Oh, that would be the best. Just like a code, or like just some the nonsense, a, or just like some like weird little random tweet, or like a. F- you know, it would be really cool. Like an iTunes review that's like not a review. It's like this weird, like cryptic. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I mean, as long as you give us five stars, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Like, give us five stars and give us directions to your favorite like restaurant or like. Yeah, whatever. Just yeah, I would love because this is talk you know about your favorite aunt. Like. This is a fa- this is a conversation <laughs> podcast, and we want to talk to you too. Like we don't want to be in an echo chamber here. Yeah. Like yeah. it's you know we need we need some input from you guys. Like what are you what are you interested? What do you think? Do do you disagree with us? Like I would love to hear. We're on Twitter. We got an email. If you want to email us, it's literarymeritpod at gmail dot com. Very easy to remember. Send us um, that clip from the end of Floor Ragnarok with different songs. I mean, yeah, if you find those, I, if you make those, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I, I have done nothing. All the I did yesterday was listening listening to the um, I Need a Hero version. But the Toxic <laughs> version is also good. The original version is good, but I Need a Hero is the best. So try to be that. Yeah, any kind of weird nonsense you find. Cut to the feeling. Somebody do cut to the feeling. Like, cut. Oh my god. Do oh my it. god. Do it. Please. I am not talented at the computer arts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to like play it on silent and then like play the track. Yeah. But no, I'm so jealous of these podcasts that get people like talking to them and sending them like messages and stories also, and stuff. like if anyone works at Zenny or... Oh yeah, anyone or, wants to... Or Warby Parker either or both. Yes, because like that's really the only sponsor that makes sense for us. Yeah, like, glasses. Or like Redbox or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Great Courses Plus that makes some sense for us. I don't know. Right Western there. Washington University. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a friend who wants to do an episode with us, and she went to Western too. So like every almost every guest we've had. Well, I mean we've had three guests. Four guests, and one of them was from Western. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh, my brother said that he would ha- happily sponsor us, but I don't think that he quite has the means to do so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the tweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so anyway, anyone out there wants to hit us up, please do. We'd love to hear from you. Just to sort of in, in summation, yeah. <laughs> please talk to us. We want to hear... <laughs> We want to hear from you. 
Um, and hey, if there's anyone out there who you know has some interesting insights, who um, does something cool, we're always looking for interesting guests. You know, at this point, it's just people that we know personally who we've just been like, hey, you're cool, want to talk to us. But if there's anyone out there who feels like you might, you know, be ripe for conversation, like we'd love to- we only want ripe people. <laughs> ripe people, ripe individuals. <laughs> Interpret that however you wish. Yes. It's very cryptic. It's important that you interpret that in your own personal way. But yeah. No, like, yeah, we're, you know, we love having guests. So if you're out there and you've got something you want to talk about, you know, hit us up. It'd be cool. It'd be fun. Let's get together. Yeah. You'll live forever if you tweet us and we talk about you on the uh, It'll be You'll be immortalized on the internet. So. What's better than that? Yeah. (laughs) Remember me. (laughs) Alright, let's end this. <laughs> end this. Okay. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to us on YouTube if you absolutely love us. And like the video if you kind of just like us. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. You can subscribe to us there as well and please do please rate and subscribe so more nerds can find us and again to reiterate cryptic weird messages are fun as long as they're not mean yeah don't be just don't be mean to anyone please but especially not us we're very sensitive (laughs) as you can as you know yes we cry (laughs) yes just please be nice uh on twitter we are at lit merit pod and we will update uh, post updates, news. We're trying to get on there more. We gifts. Could... I'm obsessed with gifts yeah. on Twitter now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna we're thinking about posting more photos, oh, fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. So. Well, I'll be posting the the pictures I took of this beautiful room we're in. Yes, of the beautiful downtown Vancouver Public Library. Thank you, Vancouver Public Library. FBRL, for... <laughs> Vancouver Regional Library. We love you. Thank you for giving us space. Uh, and thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, remember, no, no guilty, guilty pleasures. pleasures.